Welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me this week is Tom Kirk, Mark Lovell, Chris Allen and Alex Hind. Yes, welcome back. We've got a win to talk about. Happy, happy days. What a fantastic result that was yesterday. Mark, we're, um, we're on cloud nine, aren't we? Great day, great day. Absolutely, great win. As I said, it's the first of three wins in a row. Um, it's <laughs> unusual for me to be on here after a win, so let's make the most of it. No pressure, no pressure. No, look, it was fantastic, wasn't it? it we talked at length about the last uh, block of games and there was real progress made and weren't quite sure how it'd kick on tough opponent in Sunderland Tom and um really really solid solid performance uh yeah look I've back to the predictions we made on on the um on the pod before um Sunderland are a good side or were they the best side I've seen us play I think they were in terms of the ability that was on show some of their individual talent that was evident in building up their attacks was terrifying uh Joe Bellingham looks like Jude Bellingham for the ten, first ten minutes, I was like, "What? What do you do? What? 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 What does anybody do here?" Um, mm-hmm. Pleggy ploughed through him in about minute fifteen, which got it left him sort of uh, more sheepish, and that was important. And um, that was the beginning of the turning of the tide. And then, uh, obviously, Morgan scores that wonder goal, which really changed the game because up until that point, um, we weren't in it at all. There's a debate whether we were really in it <laughs> at any point. Um, we got a we got a half season's worth of luck or bad luck. Kind of, we cashed in on that. That's how it felt in the certainly the first half of the game yesterday. I don't know what anybody else's thoughts on that. We, we had the we had the luck. Is what I'm trying to say. Tom, I like Alex. that you. I, I like I like that you get to say a slightly patronising. They played really well. They look well coached and have got some great players. I think they'll be okay to Sunderland it's quite refreshing <clears throat> I think they will I think they'll stay up it's also amazing it's also amazing how um we're so used to hearing that about ourselves and then as soon as we win the other team change their tune and, and you get a lot of why the bloody hell did we lose against that lot um all of a sudden which which I'm much happier to hear Tom you must be overjoyed to see your um Plaguey and Joe Christmas come early in the starting 11 yesterday yeah, yeah, and 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 I sit the Mayflower, so they're down my side in that first half as well. Pleasure. Um, Jack Clark for Sunderland uh, looks terrifying. Um, he's the form player in the division. I wouldn't. Oh, I, I, maybe there's some ex Premier League players in there, so I can't maybe say best player. But we we needed to put Joe and yeah, Joe and Pleggy were chosen, and they were chosen against you know dealing with the best left hand side attack that possibly the Championship has to offer. Um, so it's a tough ask. And did they do well? Well, we didn't concede any goals, like you said. Um, there was some misplaced passes from the two of them in the first half. I thought second half, they shored up the two of them. They've got this great ability, particularly Joe, to refocus at halftime and push themselves another level. We kind of associate with his age that he might drop off. Um, and really satisfied. And And what I will say to that effect is if you look at what the right back did for Sunderland uh, for the fitters as goal, you know, um, fullbacks being in, turned inside by good players in the championship, you know, that's not unique to us. Um, whether Joe's not up to it is a debate for another time, but what actually what that showed is, you know, championship is about good attacking football and fullbacks are there to be turned inside and, you know, good players do that. Um, Joe didn't let that happen yesterday and, and, their, and their right back did. 
keeping with the defence, um, Gibson, Mark, we're kind of running out of ways to praise a guy. I mean, signing of the season, surely, considering that he's a free. But once again, supreme, isn't he? Fantastic at the back, blocking just about everything that came his way. Absolutely amazing performance, but we maybe we've been spoiled. He's been our best defender all season. Uh, that's you know, you go on about the million pound signing, bargain of Morgan Whitaker and Bali Mumba to a lesser extent, but that's our best signing. Yeah, but, yeah, he's a he's a he's a million pound player as well. Um, mm. Absolutely amazing bit of business from uh, Mister Juicenip and crew. Well done. Love it. Yeah. yeah no. uh, the last man in the defence, KKH, he got some praise yesterday. And look, he's he's had a mixed start. Another one of those players which, which seem to divide opinion. But I think um, the whole fan base is settled on the opinion that yesterday was arguably his best day in green. Alex, he was he was good. He is a good player. He, he suffers from what a few of us have been suffering in the team, us, as if I play. Um, few, mm. few of the team have been playing. I tell you what, I was kicking every ball yesterday. Um, yeah. towards in those last ten minutes, it's mistakes, isn't it? He's a good player. He can take people on. He can defend well. It's just he seems to have a mistake in him, and he didn't. The difference yesterday was across the team was there weren't those mistakes. There weren't those fatal errors of passing the ball to the other team in a dangerous position, rolling it across our box, doing something stupid, jumping in when you didn't need to. I think that was a difference for him. Um, when he first arrived, everybody was talking about him as if he was an absolutely outstanding signing. It was nice to see somebody in that position because we did need, that's where we needed to strengthen and, and we got him in and people were really excited by him. And then he started to have a few wobbles. But yesterday he really showed himself to be, you know, that, that quality player going forward and defending. Talking to Tom yesterday, saying about Edwards. Edwards is excellent in that position defending and he's really good going forward he sometimes struggles to do both at once I think Kessler Hayden can on his day really perform doing both parts of the game which is so hard that's why the fullbacks I think in this division are struggling you're asking them to essentially do more than anybody else on the pitch play in defense midfield and attack I mean that's one of the hardest jobs on the pitch when you've got all that to think about so I think he's I think he's done well I'd love to see him get a run of mistake-free games so we can really see what he's capable of I agree. The um, that point in general, Alex. It was uh, the you know it was two nil from the point it was two nil. Joe um, and Pleggy improved defensively, like you say. Maybe they've got more of a focus on not letting in. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, not not conceding rather than having to put ta- attacks together as well. At that point, in my mind, I've and as much as I love Joe, I think if we want to be this top six club that the club have a vision for, you most of our fullbacks that we have currently, you you. Uh, we assume we're going to have to recruit and improve on the level of those, if not most players on the pitch, to be honest. But certainly in those areas, we had Aaron Kuzak on last, and he said, you know, our current system requires the fullbacks to play. Um, but it, there's a debate whether we have, you know, we've we've got a lot of heart and we've got a lot of effort and we've got um, desire in those areas, but whether, whether we've got quality. And, but I, the exception I'll make is KKH. Um he reminds me of Trent in a way, you know, not in terms of the, the free kicks or the ridiculously long passing, but he's hired to to play football, you know, and, and, and pass around. But he's in a position where in a flat back four, he's got to do the defending as well. And 
he's not always done that. You know, Bristol City, and he got in a right mess. And, uh, you know, at Leeds, there was an error, but a few errors. Um, he didn't make any errors yesterday, and we're quick to jump on the players and make individual errors. He didn't do that, so I don't think we should just say nothing. I think we praise that. Um, he did the job very, very well, and uh, I enjoyed where he got the better of the Sutherland fullback right at the end because it wasn't a dirty game, to be honest, but he thought, you know, why not? Let's let's get in the mix and start swinging. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought he was really, really good. Um, he's, a re- he's a really, really good player. I don't think anybody's ever doubted that. Probably on paper, if you look at the stats, it'll show what a, what a baller he is. He's in a position where he's got a lot to do. He's defending. Um, and if he makes a mistake, you know, it's often going to lead to a really, really good chance. But I do like the guy. I've not written him off. Um, he can really play. Absolutely. I think, yeah, touching on those fullbacks, wingbacks, <clears throat> the injury of Saxon earlier, I don't think we've quite appreciated how big that was. I appreciate he only played, what, a handful of games for us, but I think him and KKH look like the two who can really play that role, tapping into what Alex was saying about that can do both parts of the job um, and that inverted fullback job that we seem to have kind of put on pause, possibly. Um so yeah, it'd be good to get him back. Speaking of players coming back from injury, Brendan Galloway. He was um he was there yesterday in the flesh and played well, a handful of minutes, came on late uh, to shore things up. Uh, look, it's good to see him back, and I think we need him, to be honest. And who knows what the future holds. Obviously, his contract's expiring, I think, in um next summer. But it was good to see him back. And I th- I think I think Alex will will need to see more of him. Yeah, I was <laughs> Seeing him come back was really nice. It was kind of like we were talking how Wayne got dropped for nobody last week. I was actually thinking more about the players that he's come in ahead of and got minutes and is now he's back available. And, you know, if you're a player who plays in our back line and there's this bloke who's been on the sideline for about three years, it feels like. And then as soon as he's fit, you know, you're back in the stand with your big coat on watching him come on and get minutes. I think. It's great for him. It's great to see him. I don't think we saw enough of him. He didn't do anything wrong. But it also mm-hmm. says that Shuey acknowledges that that is a position where we need depth and we need to strengthen because the people that we have had there in his absence haven't possibly been up to championship standard. But it's great to mm-hmm. see him back. I just, like everybody, fingers crossed, let's just, you know, hope he can stay fit because this is his probably, this is his last chance saloon for him. I think if yeah. he if he gets cropped again, then then there's no chance he's staying with us. That, that may not happen anyway. It depends how he does. But mm. um, for his career, just as a human being, you hope hope for him that, that this is it now that he can get a run. Yeah. Speaking of players making their way back into the team, Chris um, Ben Wayne, Alex touched on him there. He was back after being well dropped for tactical reasons. Sure, he said against Leeds. Look, I thought he did well yesterday. I'll be honest, not great. But I thought it was an improvement from Middlesbrough. He seemed to me to be more present in the game. More present. That's like something you say in school when someone's like not very clever, but at least they showed up. You know? <laughs> um, I've got him. I've got him as a screensaver on my phone. So I'm trying to manifest his success. Right. That's that's the way I'm going. Yeah, he didn't do a lot wrong. Didn't do a lot wrong. I mean. To a question asked by a certain Mr. Lovell last week, like his first action was the most spectacular falling on his ass I've ever seen. You know, three minutes in, must have been about 15 feet in the air, landed on his spine. Um, but he chased and chased and chased. 
And I'm going to say it again. We, he's in the team because others are out, right? Mm. He is the third-placed striker. And fair play to him. I'm with you, Archie. You know, we sort of joke about it, but he did everything that was asked of him. He was completely relentless. But there is probably a place in which if other people are fit, he'd be back on the bench. Yeah, I say uh, relentless. I mean, it, it, this has gone... The um, the opinions of him move quite fast, don't they? Because there was the... You know, a few weeks ago was the, oh, he's not had a chance. And, and the more he plays, those um, those noises tend to go a bit quieter. I'm with you. I thought he couldn't... I'm resigned to the fact that given his facilities, he did he did okay. He um he did the work he, he did he did good work pressing. He did do good work pressing. He made good work making a nuisance for himself. But the key moments, the one that really make you a you know, a three hundred thousand pound player to a three million pound player, he did, doesn't seem to have them. Uh he had a lovely through ball in the first half where he, he tried to trap it and he sent it down to the, the garage across the road from home park. Um, it was, um, I, I, I don't want to have a go at the guy because, uh, I like him and I think he wants to do well. Um, I, I just don't see that his development is going to come quickly enough for, um, what we need. But like you say, Chris, he's, he's our player, uh, whether he needs a loan, he's not out on loan. We've got injuries. So that's who we've got. Um, the, the, the crowd were really, they were quiet yesterday, by the way, which might be another issue we can come on to, but. Uh, the crowd were very supportive of, of him, chanting way no, way no, and gave him a good reception when he went off in, in the 60th minute, even though that was probably inevitable. Um, so I've got no particular complaints for his efforts yesterday, but when Bundu came on, you know, Bundu's cameo made his contributions look even less. Um, it's it's a it's a sad state of affairs because I want to support our player, I don't want to write them off, but, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't think he's ideal enough for this standard I'm, I'm probably being too polite i thought he got a bit of um unfair service at the beginning I, everyone's always you know everyone's always got their eyes on him what's wayne gonna do can he do it first of all i've never known an argyle player who has been so universally supported in in that everybody wants him to do well he's had he's had numerous games now he's he scored the goal at Leeds. he's had numerous games where he hasn't really performed. He hasn't put in that star performance, that match-winning performance that we're all kind of hoping that he's got in him. And we're yet to see it, yet everybody stays behind him. I think other players would have been, you know, criticised and booed and whistled by now. It's He's got this amazing kind of thing around him where everyone still wants him to do really well, partly because if that's all we've got, then we better get behind him. Is it partly that? He's a nice guy. Is it partly that? We spent the money on him. so. People are desperate for it to work out. But early early doors, I thought he got a few long balls over the top. And I thought, oh, you know, he's never going to get anywhere near them. He's not going to do anything with them. And then all of a sudden, you've set the tone for old Ben Wayne not getting anywhere near the ball again. So I felt for him with those first couple of, like, direct balls, probing balls over the top. Maybe that was the plan to just see, you know, see what Sunderland were up to. But uh, I, I can imagine being him and he's got his big chance at home park starting up front and, and and all of a sudden people are just lumping it over his head for him to go and try and chase. Yeah. 
you know, we I got. We were, I think we had to. I think we had to do that. I think I, I'm. I made a, a point about the West Brom game being really disappointing. How many few shots we had? I can't remember what the official tally was just there. It's six or seven. It's quite low for us. But rather than that being because um, we didn't, um, you know, against West Brom, they were there for the taking, and we were so focused on defending, we didn't penetrate enough. Uh, yesterday, that was that was we 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 got as many shots away as we could under the pressure that Sunderland put us under. A lot of time was spent in our third and the ball going across our box and not being put in the in our net by a Sunderland player. That that was the story of yesterday. And then I think of those two shots. Wayne had two touches in the box, one in the first half, one in the second half. We just couldn't get a shot away. And I, I just don't like you, Alex. There's a threshold where you have to sort of accept that this is not really going well. And I think because Ben had not played many minutes, people said he hasn't had a chance. This is a championship. We, we're, we're talking about players, how little time you get on the ball. You know, he had a couple of opportunities in the box yesterday that, that Ryan Hardy, in for mine, money would have taken or got a shot away at least. I mean, that first one where it just gives possession away. Um, I'm not really sure what you what you, what you you do for that. And I, I don't know what he's doing to improve his stock every game other than just reassuring us that he's trying hard and that he's a good guy and he's putting the effort in. But there's, there's, a, there's a point where you see that and you know that that's not the problem, that actually that's just highlighting for you that, that you know, that this isn't going to work. Yeah. I mean, let, just for the tape, Ben Wayne's yet to start two games back to back. And again, um, Chris touched on it last week, that his, his goals per minute is actually quite good. So there is actually stuff to get your teeth into there in terms of why he could be a success. And, you know, Aaron went into great detail last week about why, or how rather, the formation, the system's probably not to his liking. So I'd rather them point fingers at possibly Shuey, the recruitment team, than Ben Wayne. If he's been recruited for a job that he can't do or is not made for him, then it's, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? But and, and, yeah. and just and, and we're also part of the problem. We just spent five minutes talking about him in a very, very satisfying two 0 win. I'm yeah. looking forward to uh, the other two being fully fit, so we can stop talking yeah. about Ben Wayne every week. To be honest, because uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he won't play. Yeah, but I'm I'm hoping he plays. I hope he plays on Tuesday because this is really his chance, isn't it? And we need him just to get a run of games together because he hasn't had it. He hasn't had it for whatever reason. How many games has um, Bundu started, Archie, in a row? Um, what a, what a, one, I believe. Hmm. Hmm? Okay. My, but he's coming back from injury, right? That made sense that you ease him in. No, no, no. My point is, I think we've seen we've seen enough to know that Bundu can do something at this level. It, 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 nobody's saying yeah. here. He, nobody's saying he needs time. Yeah, you know, I mean, Bundu is a three million. It, it, it's convenient. It's a convenient answer for someone that's not performing. Yeah. If I'm being hard, Bundu is a three million pound signing for one of Europe's well, not biggest teams, but a team on the European stage. Ben Wayne wasn't. They're different, different beasts. Um, Bundu's at the peak of his powers, I would argue. But yeah, look, we saw Mustafa return, which was good. Another player returning. He did look lively. Although I feel like he's, we're probably always going to say that about him. As soon as he enters the pitch, he's going to always look lively. Such as the nature of his play, but um. Mark, good, good to see one of our strikers coming back. Huh? Yeah, we need that competition for places up front. I mean, we're, you know, it's a, don't want to go on about Ben Wayne, but it's not ideal when you're relying on him to be your focal point up front. Yeah, so it's we need to get all our assets back, fit, Bundu, Hardy, soon, and then we can kick on. You know, but it, although having said that, it has this a bit of a problem. A, a, 
After Ipswich, we've gained four points from three games, lost against Leeds away when we played well. You know, possibly we as a pod missed the point. You know, I got personally very, really worried when um, Hardy and Bindu went off that day and you're thinking, crikey, Dick, is this relegation staring us in the face now? But we've been all right. It's been okay. And, you know, yesterday, Morgan as as did the job. Scoring goals has not been a problem. Um, it's our defence that's been, you know, we've been shooting ourselves in the foot. We kept a clean sheet yesterday. We've We've done well after international breaks. We got a clean sheet at West Brom and we got a clean sheet yesterday. Yeah? Let's let's kick on from there. My, my point was about the focal point. You know, nobody said about um, you know, having Wayne as the focal point. Actually what's interesting, Archie, when you spotted the strikers being out is we've never needed the it's never been about them contributing the goals, is it? The goals have been there. The goals are Whitaker and Azaz and Kundal and Mumba. Um, there's plenty of creation there. It's about having that person be a focal point. And in fairness, Ben did better, like you said, yeah. than he did against Middlesbrough in that role. I appreciate yeah. the role is more about uh, is is not all about the scoring the goals. And I think you're right. I'm with you. I'm, this is me digging at you. I thought the same. I thought, goodness, what we're going to do here with no striker. But actually, I perhaps overestimated the importance of that individual in mm. our overall creation of of goals. But you know, sat back here looking at Ben Wayne, going, you know, goodness, what how, what a good side we would be if we had a better player in that position. Yeah, well, I think one area we can be happy with is midfield. That midfield three um, of Housen, Kundal, and Azaz is looking superb. And yesterday it was, um, yeah, yesterday was fantastic. It's great to see Luke Kundal getting a run in the team. You know, of course, that means Adam Randall's having to sit on the bench, but. Um, He's gone under the radar as Kundal, Alex, and he's he was fantastic yesterday. I'm really I'm really glad that you've raised Kundal before we've talked about Whitaker, because yeah. that goal I think probably did some of the other players a bit of a disservice because while Morgan Whitaker's goal was outstanding, there were three players on the pitch in green who I thought were better than Morgan Whitaker yesterday, and Kundal was definitely one of them. His his cross against Leeds for Ben Wayne's goal was outstanding and I don't think he got enough credit and wasn't talked about enough his pass for for the second goal yesterday was a thing of real beauty he has such a great ability to just control the ball with his with his passing get the weight right not just get it where it needs to go but the weighting right um and his passing anticipates the play so he doesn't just you know kick it to the player he, he opens things up with his passing he is I think uh if he's not he might not be our best player, but I think he's our most improved player this season. And mm. when he's in the team, if he's got Houghton there, just sort of purring away at the back, you know, passing it around, cool, calm, collected, breaking up the play, Kundal's free to do what he does best, which is be really busy, um, bring other players into the game. Um, he was everywhere yesterday and he was really enjoying it, you could tell. I'm really happy with Luke with with Kundal because Morgan Whitaker we knew was a superstar. You know, Bali Mumba is what he is. We all love him. He's he's sort of he he hasn't always been one of our players, but we feel like he he has because of last season. Azaz the same. Kundal's come in relatively unknown and he's slotted in and he's quickly becoming one of those names that is already on the team sheet before the d- difficult decisions start to be made. I think. I um. I'd love to get a Swansea fans' perspective because they've 
thrown Cundle and Whitaker in the bin, basically. In Whitaker's case, I think they've thrown about 15 million quid in the bin as well. Um, but I don't believe that Russell Martin, now Southampton manager, doesn't know his onions. I don't, you know, and, and, and I'm aware that we're, we've got the buying power we've got, so somebody else's cast-offs is about where we're at. But um, I fail to believe that Swansea are going to look at what, what they, those two are putting together right now and think they were worth turning their back on. Um, I'm not really mm. sure what happened there. They look great uh, in short, Alex, is what I'm saying. And Cundall, you say about the pass for the Leeds goal, the movement was great. Um, and I like Adam Randall a lot, and he's one of our own, and he hasn't done a lot wrong. But um, uh, Azaz and Cundall are undroppable at the minute, aren't they? Mm. They look great. Yeah. That's three goal contributions for Luke Cundall in two games, which is impressive, really, isn't it? And of course, the crucial thing is both him and Azaz didn't really have a preseason. Cundall came after Huddersfield, I believe. And both of them didn't have, a, obviously, a preseason with us. And they've taken a while to get up to speed. And um, But they certainly have done now, haven't they? I mean, to bring it back down to earth, Chris, unfortunately, unfortunately neither of them are um, our players. Yeah, but that's the way football works, isn't it? Especially at this level. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's about who you sign permanently, who you develop, and who you bring in on loan. Like, unless we're going to go back to, like, squad sizes of 13 that are all signed by us and stay with us forever like that that's again testament to the club but and and we've got a good track record based on last season of the ones that we want converting them into our players because they want to play here so i think loan signings we've had a couple that don't work i've forgotten Mm. the guy's name from everton that's played about 10 minutes but it's not all perfect, but I think, but I think there's a bigger point on that. That that is why we're successful. It's an old thing that we all take for granted. But the club is run to strong principles. We have we take qualified risks on relatively low budget players. We have good relationships that enable us to get good loans. We have very solid professionals. We've got people coming through the academy. And we beat Sunderland at home 2 0. Like, yep. what a day. No, great. I mean, I think with the Zazzers and Mark, oh, I'll give this one to you. There was rumours in the summer that it, it was a transfer that went on, didn't it? And there was rumours of it, the medical being the problem, which I don't think was um, was true. The club, club sort of account kind of made a joke of it upon his un- unveiling. But it looked like Finazaz was someone we were trying to get for a fee and it didn't quite work out for other reasons. So we had to settle for a loan. Um, yeah, look, we. I'm sure he's going to be someone we're trying to go in for in the future, but he's he's surely not north of a million now, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I mean, we signed Whitaker and Bali Mumba for club record fees of a million apiece. There's not much else, you know. It's going to be difficult to see where, unless we have that further investment, we couldn't really sign as ours at that time. So we mm. took him on a loan. We took him on a loan. In Germany, there's normally, you know, there's a deal in place. You take him on loan with a view to a permanent deal. Hopefully, that's something that is in place with Villa. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, yeah. um, that there's there's that in place. But if you're talking that we could have got Finazaz for, say, just pick out a figure, 600,000 in, in the summer, hopefully... You know, we haven't moved on beyond that realms where it's a couple
couple of million now because he is he's a bloody good player. Brilliant. Yep. I mean, Tom, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Let's remember that, you know, in the summer, I think one of our first ever podcasts, we were talking about who do we... The, the first one. Who do we sign? Who do we resign? And we were unsure about Finn, weren't we? Because he was good last season, but we've said it a million times. It was never the same after the injury. He needs a lot of credit that he's kicked on in the way he has this season because he's been incredible. I think it's a, yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We we said that. We we associated him with we uh, how he ended the season, which is off the back of an injury, coming into a team piecemeal. And also, I think, uh, as you've said many times, Archie's, when you're just saying how badly we won League One with 101 points, um, you know, there was um, there was a few factors as to that. Um, I don't think we were alone in thinking that Finn uh, wasn't the player that we thought he was at the start of the season. We, uh, we, this podcast panel said that. I think the club might have thought that. I think they thought maybe there was more of a ceiling to Finn as where Barley and Morgan look like they don't have that ceiling. They're, they're great now. They could go on, give them four-year deals. And... And, in, and what you have now in hindsight is what Finn's producing now. And they go, oh, that's the Finn as that, that was with us 12 months ago at the first half of that season. Um, so I think he's surprised everybody. Um, I think if he was available for a million pounds or or, or less, um, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd snap the hand off now. And maybe we didn't think that in the summer. And, you know, that's to Aston Villa's game. You know, like... Chris was saying earlier, we've got a lot of good decisions right as a club. Some uh, we haven't, which is normal. You know, we're not we're not scoring in terms of decision making. We're not, you know, doing Morgan Whitakers and scoring thirty yarders every week. That's not a reasonable expectation. Um, but you know, it's what what can you do? We he, he he's delivering for us on the pitch as a lone player. We can't cry about the spilt milk of oh goodness, you know, how much are we going to now have to buy him for because we didn't do it in the summer? Um, if that's the worst decision we make. Uh, I'll be very comfortable with that. I think it's success in that in that department in the club almost causes a problem because people come to expect it and you forget how many duds we've had over the years, how many, if it's felt like more signings haven't worked out than have a lot of the time. And now all of a sudden we, we think, oh, we've got these guys who know what they're doing. Um, every signing now, unless it's a complete success, is an absolute disaster and a total failure. So it's all about perspective, isn't it? The other thing I'd say about loan signings is, they're not our players. And like Chris said, that's how we work. The size of the club, the budget, as we've talked about a lot, that's how we're going to have to operate. But if your loan signings do well, great, because then next season when we're looking to step up, bigger and better clubs with better players will look at us and go, wow, look how well Finazaz came on at Argyle last season. Look at look at Cundall and how well he's doing and, and, and his development. Let's send them one of our youngsters who's pushing the first team of a top six, top five um, mm. Premier League team. So although we might not end up with those players, their success might lead us to better players further down the line. That's how the loan system works. Yeah. So. And hey, look, Finazaz set to be a free agent next May. Watch the space, though. Talking about, look, I know we've talked about it so much this season, and rightly so. We'll finish off part one on Morgan Whitaker. <laughs> he scored again. And he keeps on scoring, and he's just great. He's just great, Alex, isn't he? And we, I, I, I keep saying, I feel we, we, we need to appreciate it. We need to appreciate the fact that this guy has just hit the ground running, and we've got arguably one of the informed players of the division in our starting eleven. 
he's lived up to everything that we hoped he would be in a way. He his all round game is really good. Um, he links up well. He he drops deep and picks the ball up. He's not afraid to run with it. Something I like about him and Azaz is they both look so comfortable on the ball in this division. They want the yep. ball. They want to run with it. They want it at their feet. They rarely will waste it. I haven't seen the stats on successful dribbles or whatever you measure that by, but he, if he does lose the ball, he doesn't lose it in a dangerous area. So he he, he carries it well. I do think that his excellent goals perhaps do influence our judgment a little bit. I think he is, he's done really well. He's, he's been excellent, but I don't think that his strikes that have been excellent, I think they're better than, than the rest of his game. You can't rely on those. Well, it's looking like we might be able to rely on them. Actually, I, I take that back, but you can't rely on people scoring outside a, the box every week. Just for, just for, the, for the listeners, for the listeners, yeah. there's a few jaws on the ground right yeah. now. Chris, I, 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 on the one hand, I know what you're saying, right? But, but, <laughs> yeah, but um, last some of us again last year, I remember a chat with some quite close to the club where they were like shooting from outside the boxes, close to heresy. You know, you expected kind of return on shots from outside the box. You know, it's not in the DNA of the club, and actually, to have someone who can do that on a regular basis is worth a hundred decent corners. He's basically winning us matches and changing matches through his talent to score unique goals. So I guess, Alex, if I rephrase what you're saying positively, he's a brilliant player who's also scoring brilliant goals and the brilliance of the goals are all we focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Like it takes away, it takes some of the shine off the fact that he's also a very credible footballer, but my God, like, when he gets that ball on his left foot, he scores. Yeah. I've had um pleasure of watching a lot of Aaron Robin, Iron Robin over the years at Bayern Munich. Everyone knew what he was gonna do, he was gonna cut back onto his left foot and and do something brilliant. And the defenders knew what he was gonna do. And they couldn't prevent it over decades. He was one of the top players in the world. And uh, I think we're watching uh, Morgan Whitaker blossom. And hopefully there's a lot more to come in an Argo shirt, you know. He's Alex asked, you know, a couple of weeks ago what we would, you know, we don't want to lose him, but what we would consider as a, as a, as a price for him, yeah. And we're talking already for me, uh, fifteen million. Uh, just just on that point, Alex said at the. You went easy on Alex there, Chris. I'm going to go a bit harder because Alex said at the start about how many players played better than Morgan. And I, Alex, I agree with you. But the reason that the my Twitter feed yesterday was full of just uh, the numbers followed by an M and preceded by a pound sign, just quantifying Morgan between 10 and 25 million pounds after he'd scored a goal. That's what I. That's what my WhatsApp messages and Twitter notifications all seem to say is the context of we were not in that game, arguably at all yesterday, but up until 25 minutes, I just thought, how many are we going to lose by today? And the reason that Morgan is worth that money is because he could be parachuted into a team that's not in the game and flick it like that. And I was having a conversation with my father yesterday. Uh, we're talking about who our favourite players were, and I thought, you know, this argument that it's Michael Cooper or whatever. And actually, in that moment, Morgan is our best player because whether he's not good at certain things or other people having better all-round games. 
to have a player who can win you a game when you are by far the second best team is what the real money is paid for. And I just watched some highlights this morning in the Premier League of that uh, Crystal Palace doing that at Luton Town with their uh, winger, Elise. And basically the same thing happened. He's on the right. He cuts in on his left. Bangs it in in almost identical circumstances to, to Whitaker, completely changes the game. And the difference is, is then you're talking about how much are Chelsea going to pay Crystal Palace for him. And I looked at that and thought the bit, the premium, the premium in that money is for the same thing. It is the, what am I buying is I'm buying the ability to change a game, which we're second best in, which will happen to nearly every team. And I'm paying a premium to have the uh, ability to turn that. And there's not many people. In fact, there's no player in our team that can do that by Morgan Whitaker. I I, I'm, I agree with you. And I, I think that's a great point. When you're where we are and you've got the squad that we've got, having that one player who can give you that magic moment. I, As someone who used to, used to play as a defender, I would argue that, yes, Morgan Whitaker turned that game and gave us the magic moment that helped us to get the win. I think Gibson, if, he was, if he's not on the pitch yesterday, we lose 3-2. So... I think we just get a bit hung up on the spectacular goals and there are other performances or there are other elements of the play that are just as important into getting those points as Morgan Whittaker banging one in from outside the box, which we love to see. I'm not for one second saying, oh, he's a one-trick pony. I'm not for one second saying, I'd rather have somebody who's going to dribble it and shoot inside the box because there's a higher percentage of, of scoring. Um, so I agree with what you're saying. I just don't want Morgan Whitaker to be reduced to this show reel of long range, beautiful goals from outside the box. I think and, there's and, other elements of his game. He can still work on. That's not a criticism. He's a young guy learning his trade. Um, but I think it's more about how he fits in with the team rather than his magic moments, which are very, very useful and perhaps stick a few extra million quid on his price tag. You've also got a hope that the modern game offers him the protection that he needs. Because, Tom, you mentioned it when Pleggy went through the back of Bellingham. It's, I hate the idea that someone's going to go, if we stop him scoring, we've got a much bigger chance of winning. No one's really done that yet. And whether that is down to his talent and his avoiding stuff, but, yeah, let's hope we don't get a cynical manager who just says, take, take a yellow and put him off the field. To just to, just to kind of back myself up and 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 make it clear that I'm not hating on Morgan Whitaker at all. <laughs> yesterday I was watching the game. Yesterday I was watching the game and I was thinking, I really hope he is with us at least long enough to get his face on one of the decals as as you walk into the into the stadium. He can be if if he's with us for long enough, he can be one of our greatest players of all time. I think I think that's his ceiling. It's whether, it's whether he sticks with us for long enough. I mean, this is the highest level we've ever played at. And he is the best player, arguably, in a team that is competing at that level. And he's scoring goals. Who else has done that? You know, a very, very small handful of players throughout our history. So, yeah, in, in a very competitive championship league. You know, yeah. some of the other heroes were doing it in league two. And that's not their fault. But he's doing it at when football is at a high level, at a high level. Time ours. does a funny thing to the mind, guys, doesn't it? You talk about the decals, Alex. Everybody talks about, oh, is he at Buzaki levels? Because they associate that they had longer service. Buzaki scored two, three, four free kicks and did a and did a, a Cruyff turn against Leeds, and he's heralded as like like one of the greatest players they have. Morgan's 
scoring every week at a championship level, which we already know is a higher standard than the last time we were here. I think he's already there. I think what you do, I think when people think of legend in inverted commas, you 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 almost write people off who aren't there long enough. But you know, Paul Mariner wasn't with us that long. Uh, Morgan Whitaker for me is already one of our greatest players. I think the ceiling, Alex, is can he be the greatest ever player? And I think he does need a year or two more of that, but he's really in that. He's really in that bracket. Or worst case, provides the injection of funds that allows us to be genuinely sustainable, which is part of the plan, right? Part of the plan is I'm going to go against my own logic and bring back Ben Wayne, but £300,000 for a striker is like spending 50 quid on a car, right? It, it, it's not a lot of money. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are spending five, six million. Maybe that's our future. Maybe it is he allows us to reinvest. And that is greatness. I like the Mariner comparison. I, like, I really do. You know, if someone does a couple of seasons or even one split over two, it, not save the club, but he could definitely help push us to the next level, even by not being here. Well, yeah, talking of signings, let me, um, we'll finish with this. It's fairly well circulated throughout uh, social media, but just in case you haven't heard it, here we go. No signing in the top two English tiers of football have had more goal contributions than Morgan Whitaker, which is pretty incredible. So no signing in the Premier League or the Championship have had more goal contributions than Morgan Whitaker. That's any new signing. He's got everything going for him. Everything yeah. going for him. Yep. Let's let's um we'll pause for a break. Alex did a fantastic 180, so we'll pause there before before he digs another hole. Um I should have been taking notes post um leads on the Joe Edwards tackle. I, well I was done. I was well I was all set. I got myself in a tangle because I was all ready to talk about how amazing Gibson was and how he's our, our star he player did, and the best signing really and, well. and uh and then we went back to Morgan Whitaker. But Gibson, <laughs> man of match for me. Anyway. All right, guys, welcome back to part two. Look, Mark Lovell called it. He said we'll win three out of the next three. We've got the first one. Coventry awaits and then Stoke at home. Look, I think we really need to press on now. Great win against Sunderland. Fantastic win. Won a bit of a roll. You know, good performances now. Week in, week out. We need to put some points on the board, Mark, I would say, starting at Coventry on a Tuesday night. Yeah, absolutely. Shuey mentioned it in the in the presser after the game, you know, the importance of back-to-back wins so that can propel you up the table. Um, we're in a position now to really go on that run that I mentioned in a previous pod, three in a row. It's not, you know, completely delusional. Coventry, you know, they had a good result themselves at beating Millwall. Um, we've, if we keep a clean sheet, you know, that's the that's the main battle for us. Be there. We de- defended so resolutely yesterday. Um, absolutely no reason why we can't go there and win that game. Let's be positive. Use the confidence that this win against Sunderland brings and really go there and, and keep ourselves in the game for the long periods and try and nick something. Defend stoutly, resolutely, and our attacking talents are there all season. We can win this game. Come on. Full of gusto there, Mark. Tom. Yeah, unusually so. Unusually so. But let's yeah, make the I'm, most of it. I'm glad you're not keeping anything in. Tom. 
uh, yeah, um, I, I agree with Mark. I, I, I don't know if I put it publicly, but I, I fancy this for three in a row on no science whatsoever. Just good feeling. Um, Coventry looks winnable. We're going to need to win an away game this season. Um, Coventry, yep. uh, are they below us or they're on the same points as them? We're close. Um, so if we're not winning that one, our, you know, our options are going to be pretty limited. Uh, Stoke at home, you know, they're lower down and we're good at home. So it, this had all the ingredients of being one of those runs of games where we're we're picking up points to up than average on, on the basis that we'll probably lose a couple in a row at some point where the fixtures aren't favourable to us. Yeah. Uh, and, and yesterday, uh, you know, Christmas came early for us yesterday. Yes, we did defend resolutely, Mark, but Sunderland missed a host of chances. A host. Yeah. Um, that's not a criticism of us. They're a very good team. They were a team in the top six who came down, played very well. And the luck we had yesterday was that they didn't have an off day. It was they had a good day and it did, didn't come off for them. Um, yeah, but would they owed us one, Tom, because they absolutely stitched us up and got us relegated by playing a weakened team. But I will not go on about that uh, farce that they lost to Southend and we go down on goal difference because of Sunderland. So they absolutely needed to be beaten yesterday. Thanks very much for the free points. Cheers. Sunderland until I die. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to drink those tears. Um, yep, yep. So the other thing that Sunderland did, which could have worked for them, to your point, was played the way that we like to be played against. So I would love us to win three games, but you've got to hope neither team really wants to sit behind it and counter. They didn't do that. They tried to play. So Stoke, for me, feels the one where quality might show out. I, I think... Tuesday is a good example of this league being nuts. Like teams that we thought Millwall at home looked like a bad result. They then went out and beat somebody that I forget 3-0. They lost 3-0. I think that middle of the table is a complete crapshoot depending on what team shows up. Um, So I think Stoke is the bigger game. And I hate to, I'll probably curse it, but I feel like if we play anywhere close to what we did yesterday, we should do well. Tuesday is just fascinating because it could go any way. It really could, based on the table, based on the form. And you've got to hope they don't sit there and go, let's let them attack. Because yeah, that is still where we're weakest. Like a Macaulay Gillespie long pass that could go anywhere. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going on uh, Tuesday to the to what was the Rico. Um, I haven't been to an away game this season yet. Um, like my last away game actually was Shrewsbury away, which will take some topping. Um, so for, for, to what extent that's a good luck omen, um, looking forward to it. Feels winnable, feeling good. Um, we're, we're still in arrears to our luck. I feel certainly on our league position. We got a lot of it yesterday, but I, I think when the, if it's, if it's meant to quote unquote average out over a season, I still think we're owed some. So let's hope for some more in, uh, in, in the sky blue stadium on, uh, on Tuesday. I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. we we're a good team. And, you know, I'm thinking about that first half at Sheffield Wednesday where we were low on confidence. We're a good team. And that, that, that team was, uh, you know, no, no real technical analysis of it, but it was a team lacking in confidence, edgy, anxious in front of their home fans. Things haven't been going well. And that does transpose into, uh, into the football until, you know, Bundu's wonder goal changes it. And, and again, Alex pointed out to the, the, the Whitaker goal yesterday, changes everything. Um, we can score goals. And goals change his game, and that's why I prefer the let's draw three three not nil nil strategy because a goal can really can really change mm. things. Yeah, I mean, we touched on in the last pod that you know Jews that came out and mentioned fifty two points is now the aim, which 
if it's any help, is six points every five games now. But I think we need to beat that in the next five to ten. I really do. We've got some really, and a horrible cliche, really winnable games. Alex, I'm looking at the fixture list. It's Coventry, Stoke, Leicester, QPR, Rotherham, Birmingham. Five out of six. They don't get much more winnable, to be honest. You know, if we're saying we don't have much chance against Leicester, then we've also got a, the same logic. Say, look, Birmingham at home, Rotherham at home, Stoke at home. We need to be collecting major, big points. Yeah, those games. You, 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 it'll be interesting to see how we do where we in those games where we're the favourites. Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday, we were the favourites, and we came out and put in a pretty miserable performance in the first half, definitely. So it's easy. I say it's easy. That's the wrong word to use, but you, you can go out there when you're the underdog and be up for it and has that kind of big game feel. And you can go out and say, let's prove to them what we can do. Let's show them what we're made of. It's the games where, where, you, where you've already got three points in pencil against them on the, on the fixtures list where the pressure's really on. And let's be honest, we bottled it when we had Millwall come down to home park Then we played Swansea. We didn't perform again. So it'll be really interesting to see where what those performances are like. The difference for me yesterday is there's a different attitude to the way we're playing. And I think we've shed this new boys in the division. We talked about being naive. We talked about, you know, the kind of cliches like street smarts being thrown around. We talked about that a lot in the early pods, games like Birmingham City, where, where you think, oh, you know, we're just... We weren't switched on. We, we we got hurt at this level. That wouldn't have happened last season. Yesterday, there was a big difference in how we saw that game out when we were under a lot of pressure in the second half. I think had we been in that situation, 2-0 up with Sunderland throwing everything at us in the second half, if we'd have if we'd have had that as our one of our earlier games, I think we might have drawn that or, or even lost it. And that's the difference for me is we are not new to this division anymore, so we can't use that as an excuse. We know how it works. We've seen what can happen if you aren't smart about it. We came out and we were at their heels yesterday. We were snappy. We were we were biting. We were really going for it. And, and we unsettled them from the beginning. Even though they had more of the play, it, it, we were there. We showed them we knew what we were doing and, and that we were in, in a game. And I think because of that, that's something that we've added to our performances that will help us to get those points. Or if we go ahead, keep hold of those points and win those games 2-0, 3-0, rather than going ahead and then and then letting the team back into it. Yeah. And hey, look, we're, what, seven points off the drop now? But more importantly, for uh, Mark Lovell's prediction, nine points off the playoffs. Mark and Tom, you'll be delighted to know that we're um, the dream is back on. It's, uh, look, it's... Um... I'm enjoying the rides. I'm picking up something that Chris said. I don't know if it was on it, was it on this pod, Chris, or was it a couple of previous pods. My memory's a bit uh, hazy, but um, I'm in this division is so enjoyable, almost to the point of when I see VAR and points deductions and financial fair play corrupt in the Premier League. There's a little bit of me which it, I, I don't know how to understand how it would work. But do we even want Premier League football? Because I'm really not enjoying that product at the minute. Mm. Middlesbrough three three, the two 0 win yesterday, albeit heart and mouth stuff all the time. This is this yeah. is it. This is it. This is what I want. I'm not sure there's a debate that it doesn't get better than this. You know, Luton have a great day out of Wembley just to celebrate going and getting you know dicked every week. You know, is is that yeah. what we, is, is that what we want? This is this is the party right here. No, 
No, I agree. I mean, I was winding up a bit there about the playoffs, but I'm with you. I'm with you. This is this is this is great. This is the dream. It really is. Home park full of great football. Huge teams coming to visit. The Prem can go do one. Having said that, if we get promoted, it would be yeah, good. Be, everybody's taking it, aren't they? Well, uh, take take the cash and come back. I think. <laughs> All right, that feels like a good place to uh, park things. We'll be back in a bit for part three and a quiz. All right, welcome back to part three. We'll jump straight into the quiz. Chris, over to you. So I've been doing research. Did it hurt? Yeah, <laughs> never again. Um, and take it into account. I think the last quiz, Tom, you said something like football didn't start until 2004. Hmm. So, so we're going the other way. Oh, God. So what, we've, what I've got, I was trying to get a first 11, but someone's been sent off. I've got 10 players. Yeah. Oldie, worldie, Argyle players. And I'm going to give the name of the actual person and then a kind of fake one. And you've got to guess which is the real player's name. Which player played for Argyle, right? And I've got my little notepad, so I'm going to take scores. We'll do 10 rounds. Everyone gets to vote in each round. And then we'll see who's the best at guessing random stuff. There's a few in here that some of you might know. Sound good? Well, sound shit, but ready? Who, who, the best at re- guessing random stuff. You are That's the best skill. at guessing. You must put that on the CV. Could later. you give us an um, example, Chris? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, only, I've only got 10. So the example would be... Um, no, I can't think of an example. Let's get Do right you- into it. <laughs> okay, let's go. So you're gonna, I haven't got enough. You're going to give a made-up name and a real name, and we've got to guess which is the real Which one. one's real? That- yeah. Oh, okay, I can do yeah, that. I'm with you. Right, okay. Let's go. Check the T's and C's in Twitter. They're perfectly clear. Start with one. So, Paul Glider, Bill Kite, Archie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Phil Glider, or Paul Kite. Phil Glider's real. No, it's no, not. That, that's oh, not even an option. Paul <laughs> Glider, Phil Kite. What do you mean it's not an option? Is it A or B, isn't it? Or what do I have yeah, to do? You got the names muddled around. You got the names the wrong way around. Whatever, Paul Glider a. or Phil Kite? Paul if we Glider. know the answer, can we jump in and give you an explanation who it, who it is to be clever? Oh, we all we all we all vote. We all vote, right? You all vote. So what? But but yeah, at the Mark. end, Mark. I'll, Mark, I'll come to you last because you might know him, right? So Archie, what are you guessing, kite or glider? <laughs> kite. I'm uh, going. I'm going kite. Kite. Kite for me. Kite. Mark? Kite. He was a goalkeeper. That's why I know. Phil Kite made two appearances. (gasps) Time from Sheffield United. Went to Sheffield United. Everyone's got one point. This time, Tom, I'm going to start with you so you don't all cheat and follow Archie's lead. (laughs) Um, Albert Fishwick or Andrew Codcandle? <laughs> what? 
I mean, uh, I, I didn't know the answer, but Fishwick's a name and Cod Candle is, is something <laughs> that uh, somebody's trying to come up with an alternative to Fishwick, so I'm going Fishwick. <laughs> okay. I like your logic, which is not to ruin the quiz, evidently correct. <laughs> um, Alex? Fishwick as well, uh, using exactly the same logic as Tom. Yes, please. Yes, please. Are we all going Fishwick? Oh, love, right. love Fishwick. Fishwick. God, God, right, has, he done us? has he done us? I'm really, really, I'm desperate to know if he's, if he's done us here. Right, hang on. Like, that one's a bit obvious. <laughs> Let's just try a more subtle one. Frank Cooper or Fred Sargent? Sorry, Frank Copper or Fred Sargent? Ooh. Alex. Fred Sargent. Yeah. Fred Sargent, please. Archie? Tom? Uh, Sergeant. Um, I don't want to draw this game, so I'm going copper. It's not correct. Fred Sargent came from Tottenham Hotspur on loan, played one game in 1946. I'm surprised you're not all more aware of him. Well, Archie only copied me, I think. Sorry, I'm not. So hang on, that's. I might tactically get this wrong on purpose to see if. Hmm. Now that Tom has exposed the flaw in my logic, I fear that everyone might get a run of wins like Argo here. Um... Uh, uh, Mark. <laughs> Fred Warburton or Henry Hovis? Come on, Mark, use your loaf. Exactly, use your loaf. I'm going for um, Warburton. Anybody else? Anybody disagree? Can I have the uh, names again, please? Are, yes. you, are you kidding? Fred, I, I, honestly, I... Fred Warburton or... Andrew or Henry, Mighty White. Or Henry Hovitz. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out and say it's option A. Yeah, Warburton yes. for me. Yes, yeah, yes, yep. it is. Came from Swindon Town, went to Accrington Stanley. First game, 3rd of October, 1908. With, with, Hovis could work then. Did he, did, he, did, he, did he cut it? <laughs> Very good. He must, he must be brown bread now. He is brown bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crusty. Um, oh, this seemed like such a good idea. Um, what, doing a podcast about Plymouth Argyle or, or the quiz? <laughs> a bit of both right now. <laughs> Having a bit of an existential crisis. Stevie B for Sammy Lamb. Ooh. Sammy Lamb. Yeah, Sammy Lamb for me. Yeah, you're going to go in ahead of me, Tom. Okay, Sammy Lamb. Any beef, oh, Archie? Archie for beef? For, I'll go for old Lammy. Come on, chop, chop. Yeah, predictably it is Sammy Lamb. God. There's only one Sammy Lamb. Um, oh, let's get the easy one out of the way. Andy Turkey or Alan Peacock? It's my go, yeah? Yeah. Peacock. Striker. Uh, Peacock for me. No, Peacock. One voting for, no one voting for Andy Turkey? No. Nine. No. <laughs> 
You're all doing very well. When, when you wrote these, Chris, did you think, oh, they'll never, they'll never go? <laughs> I just quite enjoyed it. I just quite enjoyed <laughs> the process. It's near, it's near think about the result. It's, it's near Thanksgiving, and I've just got this idea that you're in the kitchen at home going, what can I have? But beef, beef, turkey. <laughs> this, you should see the ones that I crossed out. Like, these are the ones that made it. Uh, Jim Orange hmm. or Jeff Peach? So what was the first one? Jim Orange or Jeff Peach? Jeff Peach, surely. Uh, Tim Orange is right now. Yeah. Peach. Peach for me. Yeah. Peach. Peach. Peachy. Please, Peach. Yeah, Mark, take it on is, the end. It is Jeff Peach. That was originally down as Jimmy Nectarine. <laughs> How many left? Don't worry, you're nearly there. Three. I'll go quick. <laughs> Kurtley Seabrance, Kurtley Seaman, or Ambrose Kane? <laughs> God. You have to cut the bit out there being. You have to cut that out and the bit about there being 10 players, aren't you? Um, <clears throat> Seaman for me, Clive. Anybody? Anybody I disagree? I think I'm, this one's got semen all over it. I'll go for that option. Could you? I'm, I'm not being funny. But could you repeat the names, please? I... <laughs> Kirtley Seaman or Ambrose Kane? How, what's I've... the spelling of the latter name? What's the spelling, please? What of Kane? <laughs> yeah. Or Seaman? C A M E. I'm just okay. gonna. I'm just gonna start doing our football content awards entry. I'm gonna start typing it now. Why I'm gonna go for uh, currently Seaman. Thank you. I'm not gonna comment because this is gonna be edited out. So we just move on to the next one. Let's go. Let's go. I just want you to leave it in. There's no way we're leaving. Got to leave this in because Seaman's like a signing. A signing in 1916 from Plymouth United. Uh, five appearances was Ambrose Kane. There you what, go. You got it wrong. Yeah, you got it wrong. <laughs> You're all obsessed with semen. <laughs> Ambrose? Why was I thinking Ambrosia? Tony right, Book or Timmy Page? It's my start, isn't it? Yeah. Tony Book. <laughs> Mark, I love the fact that you are still sticking to the to the format. <laughs> Good for you. Um, yes, agree. Any votes for Timmy Page? Yeah, I'm going Page. Page. Archie. Page. That's Page. Tony Book. Oh. And you'll be delighted to hear the last one is Michael Moon or Mickey Midnight. <laughs> it's not Mickey Midnight, is it? Mickey Midnight's your alter ego, isn't it? As well as <laughs> Callum Miami. <laughs> so he gets the wig Any, on. Right. Moon, moon for me, Clive. Yeah, moon. moon. Okay, yes. Well done. Right. Um, that's that's the end of the quiz. By, by my maths, Alex and Mark uh, got every question right. Yeah. Apart from the Kane one. Oh, yeah, oh, I got yeah. that one wrong. Seaman. Yeah. For the tape. Can <laughs> we do another one next week, Archie? I might pass. Maybe next, sometime next year. 
We'll do. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, Chris. Um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>